Hi, friends. Welcome back to With Great People, the podcast for high-performance teams. I'm Richard Kasparowski. Have you ever felt like your team was slowed down by its quest for perfection? Is doing a job good enough really such a sin? In this episode, I talk with Lynn Kaisley, a speaker, trainer, facilitator, and sense maker who helps business owners, teams, and organizations transition to better ways of thinking and working. Lynn is the author of six books. In her latest book, Ish, she deals with this problem, the pursuit of perfection. We join Lynn and her team on a wild ride through the uncharted deserts of Australia where a quest for perfection might end up being the final quest of your life. To support this podcast, visit my website, kasparowski.com. We're here today with Lynn Kaisley. Hi, Lynn. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Richard? Great to see you and hear you. (laughs) Great to see you, too. I sometimes say this as we're recording a a podcast like this. I have the pleasure of actually seeing you. Yes. Okay, you can listen along yeah. with us. We'll try to make this fun for everybody who's listening. Lynn and I can actually see each other's faces, and we got big smiles. And, and we're, we have. We're, we're already having a great time. We've already been we talking are. for a little while. Lynn, could you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes, I'm a, a Melbourne, Australia person from down under. So I'm born in <laughs> Melbourne, in Australia, and had my own business or practice for over 20 years. And my background was in communications. So I used to spend a lot of time working with businesses and organisations, helping them interpret what's going on in the world for their audiences and stakeholders, kind of like a translator, but all in the one language. Say more about um, this, interpret. Yeah, I think, well, with that communication, it might be it's being interpreted in the same language, but I see you see this role that I had as a boundary rider, like in sport. We're not in the game and we're not, in the arena, you know, we're not in the audience area, but we're running along that line, taking what's happening on the field and interpreting that for the audience and then listening to the audience and interpreting that for the players on the field. Okay. That yeah. is fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I spent I spent a lot of time working with words, like writing reports and speeches and media releases and doing some lecturing at university. So it was all words, 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 words. And yeah, after a few different job roles, I thought, I'm sick of this. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm uh-huh. going to leave and leap and and run my own show. So uh, that's that's what I've been doing ever since, speaking, right. training, facilitating. So you left, you made your leap, you're speaking, training, facilitating. On, on what topic or topics in particular? I love change. So what elements of change? It could be around how to collaborate better for change or communicate better for change. And um, I, think I'm obs- I think I'm obsessed with thinking. I love understanding how we think. Uh-huh. And I believe we're the only creatures on earth who can think about how we think. <laughs> so <laughs> that means we can become more aware of how to think more efficiently, more you know, cleverly, use our ingenuity. Really interested in, uh, in thinking. All right. And I can see the bookshelf behind you. Yes. And, uh, there's a nice, you have it, you have it there. So I can see it really easily as you turn your shoulders around. You have a book that you've <laughs> written recently called Ish. What's that book about? Yeah, that's, uh, this book is uh, Ish as in near enough or somewhat. And the yeah. subtitle is The Problem with Our Pursuit for Perfection. 
and the life-changing practice of good enough. Uh-huh. So in my uh, work with different teams and in my own life, I was discovering and then reading some research that we have a big problem with perfectionism and some longitudinal research that had come out really affirmed that. And, and I thought, well, what's the answer to that? How, how have I combated my perfectionism? And mm-hmm. so going for good enough rather than aspiring for this invisible perfect is um, what I really got into over the last uh, couple of years. And so I wrote this book-ish. And, uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed sharing that message, speaking about it. Yeah, and I, and I love it. that I love that concept. I've had a few conversations with people today, and sometimes by the it's the end of the day now for me. Mm. I start to, I don't know if there are actually patterns in, in what we've been talking about today, but I'm starting to notice some patterns from yeah. my conversation today. And one of them is about exactly this, about mm. uh, I think in my, in my past life, I've encountered it as a team of people being frozen. They don't want to mm. take the next step forward in mm. the work they're doing because they want it to be perfect and they're, yes. they're stuck. They, they, they're afraid to take the next step because it won't be perfect. Mm. Right. And, and, and we all get stuck on this. We do. I think it's that perfectionism of the end result. We don't know when to stop. And so the cousin or the, the half sister, if you like, of perfectionism is procrastination. Yeah. Is we do get into this frozen state of I can't do any more, it's not good enough, or and so we just stop and hence the team getting frozen, yeah, paralyzed yeah. by perfection. All right, and we've mentioned the word team now. This is the podcast mm. about great teams. Mm. And, and so um, what I like to what I like to ask people about is the best team of your life. And it could be any kind of team, work team or not work team, just any group of two or more people with a shared goal. For you, in your life, what's your best team ever? I've been reflecting on this over the last uh, few days, going, oh, what what example would I share? And so I thought back through different job roles, mm-hmm. thinking that's where my best example was. But no, the best example came out of a holiday, oh. uh, driving uh, four-wheel drive through the middle of Australia, right? It's the red centre for a reason because it's there's red dirt and dust and huge sand dunes and Many people still live there, Aboriginal, Indigenous people in communities. But the best team I was part of was a group that was doing what we called uh, First Across the Desert. And when they opened the Simpson Desert in Australia each uh, winter, the the first team that's able to go out there across the desert, it's a real challenge because there's no tracks. All the tracks have blown over from the previous year. Uh-huh. So we uh, we set out on uh, a trip. There were about eight vehicles, uh, two people in each vehicle, and we set off leaving a place called Mount Dare, which is really just made up of a, a pub, a hotel, <laughs> and and headed off to be the first across the desert. So uh, what what followed then for the next seven or eight days travel was total teamwork and yeah. collaboration to successfully so, get to the other side. Uh, are you thinking of your team as the group of two, you and you and a friend who were in one vehicle, or is it the group of 16? It's the group of 16. 
Okay. It's the group of 16. I think you start out thinking it's you and your, so my husband, Michael. I think you start out thinking it's you two. Hey, yeah. we're a team in our vehicle <laughs> listening to our music. You know? and, yep. and so off we set. And then we got to a, a place called the Spring Creek Delta, which is a bringing together of a number of different rivers. And there'd been incredible rains in the weeks and months leading up to the opening of the season. And we got to a point where we couldn't go any further. There was too much mud. But we'd mm-hmm. already travelled quite a distance. Yep. Uh, so we, we, we stopped, we turned back a little and found a campsite and regrouped. And, yeah. okay, what are, what are we going to do? How, how are we going to, we're, we're either going to drive back and not be the first <laughs> across the desert or we're going to work out what the, what the advance strategy is to get us through this tricky tricky space yeah, all right now now okay your group of two quickly became your your group of 16 as the best team yes what did it feel like uh doing this trek across the desert together as, as you sort of even you've, you've been ruminating on this for the last couple of days <laughs> i guess mm. uh if you could if you could summarize the experience of that group that team in one word what would the one word be good australian word gutsy Gutsy. gutsy. That's a good American word too. Is it? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that you Tell have me more guts. about gutsy. Gutsy. Yeah. So uh, the, a guy who became the, the trip leader that took us just through the muddy bit, <laughs> yeah. he, he said, come on, we are going to do that. His, it never died, the vision in his mind. We were getting to the other side. It was, it was going to happen even yeah. though several of the 16 were saying, no, it's not going to be possible, we'll get stuck, it'll be, huh? you know, disastrous. They're thinking of all the negative things. But he's saying, no, we will do this. We will, we will find a way to get through this mud, uh, this incredible, huge flooded area. And, uh, cool. and so we set about doing that. So gutsy in the face, of, in the face of things not looking so good. Yeah. yeah. Guts is- and determination. Yeah, and that's a common experience for people on any kind of team. Things mm. not looking so good, and mm. then what? <laughs> <laughs> then what? Yeah, what do we do now? Mm. All right, now as you, as you as you look back in this team, what let's let's say I was I don't know I was I was flying a drone, an airplane, or something, or I was accompanying you uh, shooting video for a documentary. What would what would I have observed about the team? Uh, like, like subjectively, had, what went into this was a great team, or objectively, what went into this was a great team? Yeah, firstly, subjectively, all the vehicles were stretched out over a, a, peer, a space of maybe a kilometre, and we were yeah. trying to get the first vehicle through the mud. And it was interesting to see how people quickly put their gumboots on, their galoshes, whatever you want to call them. Uh-huh. And we got out, most, most vehicles have two of these long plastic, they're about a metre long and maybe a foot wide. There's a bit of imperial and metric together there. <laughs> and, I love that. And I love that. they've got grip things on them. They're called max tracks. And so okay. four-wheel drivers use them to stick them in the sand and uh-huh. in the mud and whatever to get traction. So of course, yeah. Yeah, between eight vehicles, we had 16 of these max tracks. So we were then pooling our max tracks. So now here we are pooling our resources uh, to help get this first vehicle through. So people were in knee deep in mud laying out the max tracks so that the first vehicle could get through a first bit of the, the mud and water. 
And so that was, there was this subjectivity. I could see it going, oh, wow, isn't this nice? Oh, everyone's chipping in. And when we had to manoeuvre different vehicles, we weren't waiting for the owner of the vehicle to come back and move that car where anyone was jumping in. We just left the keys in the car and we would just jump in and move, crawl them up, keep moving them up, up, up. Um, We had a couple of different people on different roles. So I was sitting in the car really being on radio and communication so that we could all hear what was happening. And then one of the other participants, uh, she was on catering duty. So she was getting morning tea and nourishment and <laughs> nurturing <laughs> nurturing things ready. And there's also, of course, someone on, on camera, you know, getting capturing sure. some of the, the great uh, video and, and the effort. So subjectively, there were lots of elements I could see that just went, wow, this feels like such a good team. We're doing this together. But then objectively, there was this, there was the strategy of putting the max tracks in place. It was quite a measured approach. And Dave, the guy leading the trip, he's, he had this certainty around, yes, this is, this is what will work. I've seen this work. This is how we recover vehicles who are stuck. Uh-huh. So we'll be able to use this to make forward progress. And we did, you know, within half an hour, we'd made some really good progress, as in 100 metres maybe (laughs) through this mud. So there was objective measures. Yes, we are moving ahead. This is working. We are getting through this incredibly long and wide uh, bog. (laughs) Yeah, so it was feeling good, but we could also see there was a, there was an achievement, a measure. Oh, that's so cool. I, and I love um, a lot of the the sort of turns of English uh, metaphors that we use when we talk about work teams. Mm. They, they were all concrete things that were actually happening to you. As I was writing down some of these phrases that you're using, mm-hmm. knee deep in mud. We, we've all yes. been on a work team that was knee deep in mud. You were literally yeah. knee deep in mud. We were. And, uh, everybody jumps in. People on this team were literally jumping in to the next car to help it move. You could actually measure your progress, mm. like literally see mm. that the group of cars had advanced yes. another hundred meters. Yes, and, and it was really easy to gauge progress. Yeah. Which is yes, actually, maybe better than a lot of work teams have. There was a very clear True. sense of progress that you could observe. True. Yeah, and we had a clear starting point. It was the start of the area, the Spring Creek Delta. And then we could see as looking ahead, you could see as Dave in the in the advance vehicle was moving ahead. And I was looking through binoculars and I could see him. He had this motto of drive it like it's stolen. <laughs> so you hop, you hop in the vehicle oh, and cool. you drive it like it's stolen, like you get your foot into it <laughs> to get through the mud. And so I'm looking through binoculars and I can see him several hundred metres up and the car's like swerving through the mud <laughs> and there's all spray coming up and uh, we're just going, wow, look at that, yeah. <laughs> and, and he was totally driving it like it was stolen. <laughs> He was he was getting through that mud. Remember, he had this vision of right. we can do this. I've seen these conditions. We can do this, even though we he held the belief for us when we said no. Let's all just go back and have a warm shower at the pub. 
But no. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love this idea. Drive it like it's stolen. I, I would yep. love to see some of my, uh, some of the work teams mm. sort of drive it like it's stolen. How fast can we go? Let's get yes. away from where this sprint started and get to our end point. Like there's nothing stopping us. That's it. That, that incredible drive, not yeah. the tentative, hesitant Oh, I'll only do a little bit and see what happens. But he's yeah. saying, no, let, we need to take a big risk through this section. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll send you a photo of uh, one of the really muddy, muddy parts where he was I totally driving it like that. that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Or video. This would be yeah, so cool. yeah. I think I got video too. All right. Now, what about um, other 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 concrete behaviors that went went into forming as a team or the success together as a team? Concrete behaviors. Yeah, concrete behaviors. I saw several people step in when uh, winches. So we're using the winches on the front of the vehicles mm-hmm. to bring to bring the next vehicle through. And on a couple of vehicles, they stopped working. So they were smoking, and they'd been you know, overworked or the vehicle had gone off, come out of the tracks, out of the ruts and up into, you know, into deeper, deeper mud. And to see a couple of the team members, so they'd already jumped in and they're already waist deep in mud, but they went further. Then one guy hooked up a rope to a car and we've got a picture of him with the rope over his shoulder, (laughs) (laughs) you know, playing sort of driver's uh, driving the vehicle as best they can. And th- there's a guy in front with a rope just trying to guide that vehicle yeah. along the tracks. Um, that was totally observable, concrete, not standing back wait- waiting, saying, I'll, I'll watch how you go, <laughs> jumping in and doing it. Yep. And then concrete behaviours of guiding each other. So the, let's say a vehicle got through on a particular track, then other members of the team would stand ahead of the next vehicle and point left to right to help them stay in the tracks and on those max tracks to make sure they kept the friction going or traction. Yeah. I feel like everybody should have an experience like this of what it's really like, what it's like to be on a a really great team. (laughs) Yeah. It reminded me that because I generally work alone. I've got a a business manager. We work together. But my teams end up being new teams almost every day. So I'll go and work with a new group and I have to build rapport with them quickly and get them to trust me and and we have to become a great team very quickly so that we can get through the workshop, whether it's facilitated or training. Uh, Whereas this this gave me the opportunity to spend was eight to ten days with the same team. Um, Mm -hmm. That was cool. That was really nice to build in deeper trust day after day as we're problem solving. And and then after that, getting through the really muddy bit, we did get through. Our cars were just coated in mud. <laughs> but, it, but it didn't stop there because, you know, we had some equipment failures here and there, which meant we had to be a little bit more aware of what we might be expecting each team member to do with their vehicle. Yeah, cool. Mm. How about can you offer some advice to listeners? What could they do with whatever team they care about, whatever group of people they care about? What could they do to reproduce some of this team's success? It's cool to identify some roles. So you need not jump in and rescue the situation, but you can stand back for a moment and go, okay, someone already emerging as a leader of this team. How could I support them? Not how can I 
take this over or fix it. I think we we can tend to go in and try and fix or rescue something, but maybe we can be more of the support person. Maybe our ego doesn't like it so much because we're not the star of the show. We become a quieter but still supportive member of the team. So have a look at some of the roles that have already emerged through initial uh, initial action or initial behaviour and go for your strengths. So can, I like the idea of being a contribute early, you know, then give something to the team that you know yeah. that helps you feel confident and helps the team see that you've got something great to offer Yeah, and then try some other stuff. Yeah. And, and you did exactly this. Is you're, mm. You introduced yourself saying you had a background in communication. You told the mm. story. And in the story, your special role was communication. Communication. I wasn't out. Yeah, I wasn't out there saying, "Okay, I think we should put the max tracks in the ground like this." Oh no, I kept away from that (laughs) and let a couple of the equipment experts deal with that. But I knew that my ability to listen to people, pick up on Uh tone of voice, give make sense of information, distill it, really provide clear, concise information. I thought this is my job. The microphone is my job today. I will listen and translate and shout things out the window and hand gestures and (laughs) communication, right? That's my strength. Bring it. Bring it to the team. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Anything else you want to share with listeners? Perhaps about this experience. Don't doubt it. I was so scared out there. I was really scared. I thought, we are out in the middle of nowhere. We do have all the communication gear and everything. So, so just because someone looks like they're succeeding at leadership or that the team looks good doesn't mean that everyone's feeling safe and happy and joyous. We can be melting on the inside or feel quite anxious. So the psychological safety of the team's vital. Um, right. When we had our camp that night at the end of that day, we had a really good meal, Jack, that the good come together and eat together. And yeah. a colleague of mine, Sharon Natoli, she's writing a book about the benefits of, of teams eating together. So, um, you know, that I totally saw the benefit of that that day. Hard work, slog through the mud, but then we weren't all okay. We needed to debrief and come together and doing that over food was a great way to kind of counsel each other and, and help us feel, yeah, feel like we'd really achieved something. For sure. It's probably one of the best meals you've ever had. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, w- what else is going on in your life, in your work life? You have the book-ish. I do. What else? Yeah. So I'm, I've been working on some thinking and some IP around cognitive overload. You know, when you say in a training program or at a conference and you get overwhelmed with information. So I've now got a program for that and a keynote. So uh, I'm hoping that people will think of putting that in at the start of the conference, just 30 to 45 minute session that skills the audience up with why we become overloaded and how to manage our own cognitive overload during something like a conference or training program. So that's something really passionate about helping people, you know, make sense of information and no one's going to fix it for us. We, We have to manage our own load. So yeah. that's something I'm getting right into at the moment, um, looking right. at, at what opportunities ahead for 2020. All right, great. Yeah. And if listeners would like to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? 
Yeah, best way, have a look at my website, www.lynnkazaley.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I publish something every day, pretty much. post every morning, Australian time, about things I'm thinking about or seeing. So Uh happy to connect there or Lynn Kazaley on Twitter, blah, blah, you know, Instagram, (laughs) Facebook, every other platform you try and be across. All right. Yeah, and get in touch. There's plenty of information on my website under my blog on all things team, collaboration, facilitation, leadership, all of these good topics. All right. Wonderful. Lynn Kazali, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. I I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, Richard. It's been so good to, to share this story. Hi, friends. Thanks again for listening. And remember, to support this podcast, visit my website, kasparowski.com.